everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And I am the first deer that Bella scented. And I am an avid Washington hiker. And we are both completely unaware of the fact that today our lives were spared. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. What's good? Copyright. <laughs> um, You know, there's a lot of things that are good. Um, Pokemon, new game coming out. I know I've already brought it up, but we are just, we're weeks closer. I think it comes out November, maybe like 18th, something like that. There'll be big news when it comes out. That's next week. I know, it's it's huge. Is it next week? I feel like it's like two weeks from now. Next Friday is the 18th. You're right. You're right. I only know that because of Friendsgiving, which, by the way, are you coming? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, um, I'm planning on bringing hard-boiled eggs because I'm going to have to work that day. Or not hard-boiled eggs, deviled eggs. <laughs> I was like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Um, deviled eggs, because I'm going to have to work, but I'm going to ask if I can get off at, like, noon, maybe, or, like, two, so I can make them and then drive down without it being too crazy. Yeah, that sounds good. I, here's the thing is, like, I feel like I'm a decent cook, but when it comes to, like, a Thanksgiving dinner, I've never done any of that stuff. I've never made a mashed potato in my life. I've never cooked a turkey, like, so, last year, I brought, like, some sweet potatoes just like mashed up with some butter (laughs) but that was taken this year so (laughs) Remy just asked if I could bring wine so I'm just gonna do that is there a list right now I just texted her and was like did someone already say they were gonna bring sweet potatoes and she said yes gotcha okay but I'm ready for those deviled eggs your deviled eggs slap I um I think I told you about this but for my birthday this year uh my coworker Ashley made me some deviled eggs and they were some of the best fucking deviled eggs I've ever had. She made this like candied bacon stuff that she put on top. They were delicious. She only made me like eight or nine. I don't, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I, I ate every single one, but she was like, I just made however many eggs I had left in the fridge. So it was like nine, but I ate all of them that night. They were literally so good. And then the next day I was fighting for my fucking life in the micro center bathroom, Lord have mercy. Was it worth it? Yeah. Yep. Suppose we can work out our personal life plans off air. <laughs> but yeah. anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's like the biggest news of my life recently. Um, I guess I got a promotion at work. That's like kind of big news. Um <laughs> I'm like, Pokemon game is bigger news than major life movements. Um, Yeah, I got a promotion. I am now the cremation coordinator. So I do scheduling and upkeep and just general sort of facility work. And I'm going to be doing fleet management. So if you thought I wasn't a car girl before, well, guess what? I'm the new vroom vroom expert of the funeral home. So if anyone has any car questions, just ask me. I would love to instill my knowledge onto you. Go ahead, Emily, ask me a car question. I don't even know enough about cars to even know a question. Uh, could you replace my muffler if I if you had to? Yes. There you go. 
proven expert. But could you replace it? Yes. Huh. She's shaking her head. I knew you were lying. I knew you were lying. I should say that my dad has done fleet management like his whole life. So I know you have his emails. <laughs> you can reach out anytime. All right. I'll let, I'll let Ron, I'll ask him any questions I have. Okay. Also, be careful who you're talking to, people. This is the cremations, what was it? Coordinator. Coordinator you're talking to, okay? I recently went to a bachelorette party of all people I did not know. It was very, like, it was for an elopement, so there weren't any, like, bridesmaids. It was just kind of a party for the bride. And I didn't know anyone there. I only knew the bride. But we were all kind of gathered around doing, like, this art project together. And we're like, oh, let's all go around and say our jobs. And it got to me, and I was like, yeah, I work I work at a, I'm a crematory operator at a funeral home. And everyone was like, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah, I know. Pretty cool. I know. I know you have your little fun fact for life now. It's true. I've held many bones in my hands before. Can't say I have. (laughs) But on the subject of watch your tone. I can't even take myself seriously. I did get approved by my work to take this online course through Cornell. So, ya bitch is an Ivy Leaguer. Gang, gang. <laughs> Not really. But well, kind of. Cornell is, I mean, that's like go big red. Am I right? I don't know. Is that their thing? Yeah, I think so. Should I get like a Cornell sweatshirt and like start wearing it? <laughs> I think you should get a Letterman's jacket. I'm dead. <laughs> Um, if anyone's curious what it is, it's a class on web design and development because I literally said this in a work meeting today and then instantly regretted it. But my boss already knew about it, but it was in a meeting with my entire team and the rest of them did not know about it. So I was like, yeah, so I'm going to be doing this course, which is good because all of my website coding knowledge is from when I had a Tumblr when I was 14. And no one laughed. I would have laughed if I was in the meeting. If it makes you feel any better, there's also a whole generation of people who also learned all of their coding skills from customizing their Neopets homepage. I was going to say, like, I can put snow on a website like nobody's business because I used to do that every fucking winter on my Tumblr. I mean... This is this is applicable knowledge for the girlies. Let me know if you want me to share my uh, Ivy League stuff with you listeners. Slip into the DMs. I don't actually know when I start. I think like January or something. Well, that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, okay, should we hit a recommendations corner? Do you want me to go? Sure. Um, I already know that both of ours are food. I don't know what Pages actually is, but we were struggling to come up with anything this week. Here's mine. In-season squash, especially an acorn squash. I love pages laughing. I love an acorn squash. This used to be a delicacy in my household growing up. My mom would buy like four acorn squashes, slice them in half, bake them in the oven, and then just dump brown sugar and butter into them. And it was dank. I'm sure there's healthier ways. You can make spaghetti out of them or yeah, whatever. But just squashes. That's my recommendation. That's a really good recommendation. I love a good baked squash. Yes, ma'am. 
And also zucchinis are like, I think it's from the squash family maybe, but um, they're like my favorite vegetable of all time. Controversial hot take. I don't really like zucchini. That's your loss. Yeah, more for you. Mm-hmm. My recommendations corner is um, preheating your oven to 425. Getting out either some parchment paper or some foil to cook on. Um, getting a plump, juicy salmon cut from not like prepackaged, not frozen. Walk up to the deli person or the person that has all the, the, the cooler that they take stuff from and get a piece that you choose what it looks like from there. Put some olive oil on it. Rub it in. Garlic salt, pepper, dill, splash of lemon. Rub it in. Bake at 425 for 12 minutes. I like mine. This is controversial. I like mine a little underdone because I love sushi and I just like the texture of raw fish. So I usually cook mine at 11, but like 12 to 13 minutes is like enough. It's It'll make it like almost like medium rare for fish. Like it's very soft. It's not overcooked. That's my recommendation corner. The whole time you were doing that, my brain was doing the Patrick Star thing of like, write that down, write that down. That sounds amazing. It's, it's so good. I, my whole, well, not my whole family. My sister doesn't like fish, but my whole life, my mom um, made us fish for dinner and I'm a fish girly. I love seafood. I love shrimp. I love fish. I love like crustaceans. I would eat all of it. It's so expensive, but I love it. How about that, Catherine? Scram. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, should we talk about Twilight? I suppose we should. Okay. Um, this week we read chapter 21 of Breaking Dawn. It was pretty short, but I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. So I really loved Bella's enthusiasm. She was so excited and so filled. I feel like we just haven't seen Bella really this enthusiastic about things other than Edward fucking Cullen and spending time with Jacob, which really isn't that much different. Um, So getting to see just like her just raw ass enthusiasm to like be alive and explore and that was really pleasant to read. It's nice to for Bella to have some joy in her life. I feel like it's, you know, just getting better and better. Um, So I love that. It was interesting to read about like her hunting and just like how skilled she is now. Like, I mean, there's, there was talk of this actually in the chapter, but just like going from clumsy Bella Swan from previous books to now fully capable honing her skills, Bella Cullen is, it's very interesting to read. Um, It was also interesting to see that she described the animal scent as like, not appetizing you know like when Edward talked about how you know it's like a vegetarian diet you know it does the trick I guess I never considered that it was not good you know I I figured it was just like okay and she describes it tasting better with the carnivore versus the herbivore but like just to, to hear that it tastes bad 
like she does not like the the smell and it just like didn't really like please her as much as she thought it would for the rest of your life the food that you're gonna eat doesn't taste good I was floored by that I'm like couldn't be me could not be me the biggest joy in my life is how food tastes I love it um and then we see like a look into I think Bella's superpower or her extra ability which seems to be some kind of maybe self-preservation it almost reminded me of Victoria's the way that she described immediately feeling that she needs to stop and like protect her back and Edward being so shocked that she was able to do that so quickly, like to stop herself from hunting to protect herself. So I think this might be a look maybe into what maybe if, if Bella does have one, what her ability might be. I'm digesting that because I had a talking point on that, but now I'm realizing that it's a little too early to talk about that. So I'm going to table that for a later date, but I... I'm interested in that theory. So do you think it applies to like the other stuff that she's automatically good at? Like he's surprised by how she runs away as well, which is not a self-preservation thing necessarily. Um, It's actually not at all because like nothing would happen to her if she went and killed a, a human hiker. So I'm curious what that is like for you. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I I was going to bring this up also as well, but I mean, maybe it ties in that I was going to kind of make a joke that Bella really amplifies her Virgoisms here and her stubbornness. And I feel like, you know, in all the books, she's been very stubborn and very adamant that like, she's not going to let her weaknesses show. She's not going to... Um, she's going to try her hardest to keep everything in so as to spare other people of feeling certain ways, which I equate to stubbornness. Like she is stubborn about that, like through and through. And I like, it totally fits within her, like what my idea of her is in my mind that she's now amplifying her, her need to make others happy and make others the center of attention into how she's reacting as a vampire. So like she, she says that the reason that she turns around is because she thinks like, what if I knew that person? I don't like it immediately stops her in her tracks and she has to turn around. So even in vampirism, she's like, I don't like, what if this person is someone that I know I need to keep them safe for that reason and stops herself and removes her from that encounter so I don't know I kind of see it like and she also was went into this really resolute that she was going to try her hardest not to fall short with being an herbivore and she was really really going to try and I think that that's additionally on top of that like it's just amplified now that she has these stronger more honed abilities did you hear my voice crack no okay good no one heard it so you don't necessarily think that that's a supernatural ability or you do? I don't know. I could see it like her just her willpower, I guess, like her 
when she sets her mind to something, she's going to stick to it. Her stubbornness, maybe that's, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. But when we're, when I'm also thinking about like how, even as a human, there were some abilities that could not affect her. And who was it? Alice, maybe, who hypothesized that it's more like affecting her physically versus like her idea of things. Um, and I'm like, that has to be tied in to some way. So that's why my brain immediately went like self-preservation because her ability to keep her her being safe from harm. I mean, you're right. As a vampire, it's not, she's not really afraid that she's going to be harmed, but it's still kind of that like fear of something bad happening and wanting to not be subjected to that. Interesting. Okay. I'll put a pin in that for now. I do got to ask you, I think I already know the answer, what your thoughts were on what she either jokingly or seriously said is her ability that she's taken into this vampire life. Go ahead. Well, but I don't want to, I don't want to like hype this up. I don't know. I can't remember what you're referencing. Oh shit. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's when she says, um, maybe I would just like love, always love Edward more than anyone has ever loved anyone. Maybe that would be my ability. <laughs> as soon as you said, I just love Edward, I, I'm, I know exactly where it was on the page. It was on the right side in between the middle and the top because I remember reading it and just like having like a physical like <sighs> kind of reaction. Yep. <laughs> I don't like it. I am Bella, come the fuck on, please, please have more, have more confidence in yourself that your superpower does not have to involve Edward. Have more confidence in yourself. Be more realistic. I hate when people are like, I loved you more than anyone's ever loved anyone. It's like, no, you don't know how other people love other people. That's very egotistical of you. To claim that you're better than everyone else. I, you know, I thought that Bella's brain got strengthened during the transformation, but perhaps there are some parts that might still be a little human jelly. I mean, she is still 18 forever, so. Yikes. That's true. (laughs) Okay, let's hop into this plot. So... The chapter picks up right where the last one left off with they're still in the room with all the Collins and Edward's trying to get Bella to jump out the window because he doesn't want her to have to go by Renesmee and Jacob to get out of the house. Um, I love that she comments very briefly that Alice put her like in a weird, like tight homecoming dress. What was this bitch thinking? <laughs> When she jumps out of the window and lands on fucking stilettos, I about lost it. So you mean to tell me that this girl not only thought... Now, granted, this sounds like this wasn't her idea. Bella's first 
first time seeing the Cullens, what is she wearing? Something absolutely ridiculous. Now, first time going out as a vampire, wearing something absolutely ridiculous. I can't. Now, maybe the dress is a response. Maybe everything that Alice has done here on out has been inspiration because she wore that fucking khaki skirt. And Alice was like, if this girl's going to be my sister-in-law, absolutely not. When you put it that way, I can't even be mad at Alice. I have to agree. Yeah, I mean, the stiletto's probably better. There's a better idea, Alice. There's a better idea. And also, I mean, later when her thighs ripple and break the seams and she's, she tears it herself, that's actually pretty hot. I did, I did enjoy that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyable for sure. Um, I also, I didn't mean to skip over this, but very in passing when... Edward says that they can't go past Renesmee and Jacob. Um, Bella says, is Renesmee okay with Jacob there? He doesn't like her much. And I'm just like, the irony of this. It hurts me. She's right. He doesn't like her much. He loves her. (laughs) I'm never going to get over this. I just never am. Okay. So, Bella is nervous to jump out the window at first, but... When she actually actually does it, she finds that it's extremely easy because it takes so long. Like, basically, the ground comes toward her so slowly. She can think in fractions of a fraction of a fraction of a millisecond or whatever the fuck. And once again, this is petty and stupid, but on page 410, I'm just going to read a little bit and then share a thought that I had when we were reading this. Um, Starts in the middle. Suddenly, I was anxious again, not about falling or getting hurt. I was more worried about the forest getting hurt. It had come on slowly, but I could feel it now, the raw, massive strength thrilling in my limbs. I was suddenly sure that if I wanted to tunnel under the river to claw or beat my way straight through the bedrock, it wouldn't take me very long. The objects around me, the trees, the shrubs, the rocks, the house, had all begun to look very fragile. What I wrote for this was, this is how I feel when I drink Jack Daniels. You ate special. I thought the point you were going to make was, like, her concern for the environment seemed to not matter multiple books ago when both the men that you were interested in destroyed trees. Literally just used their powers and destroyed trees. You weren't very concerned then, Bella. That is also a great point. When did Jacob destroy a tree? I believe you. I just don't remember. I can't remember when. I just remember that it got brought up and we had something to say about it. We always do. <laughs> I have. I, I, I just remembered something that I was hoping that if you don't know about it, you could look it up and tell me. But um, I heard some news that Rebel Wilson just had a baby via surrogate, like just a couple days ago and I saw a TikTok about it that it was a girl like oh um finding out that Rebel Wilson had a baby just a couple days ago and then it was followed by reading the baby's name and or like me freaking out wondering if I'm the only Twilight person freaking out after reading the baby's name have you heard anything about this no I'll look it up right now though if you want I just, like, I figured if she named her baby fucking, like, Renesmee or something that we would have known about it. Right. Right. Okay, let me look. Oh, she named her baby girl Royce, which is the name of um, 
Rosalie's rapist. Yikes. Okay, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Anyways, after my literally eighth shot of Jack Daniels, I could do this shit too. I just gotta repeat that because you're not that cool, Bella. No, it's it's a cool moment. I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk shit. I mean, just that feeling of raw godlike power, it can either be brought about through vampirism or Jack Daniels. Only two options. Pick your poison. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Okay. So they have just like kind of some lovely moments. Um, As Paige mentioned, Bella has to fix her dress because it rips when she tries to jump over the river. But eventually she gets over the river, and then her and Edward are just frolicking through the woods. Um, they're just running, and she's having the grand old, the grandest time of her life, and hearing all these little creatures, and just noticing that she never gets tired. This part in particular reminded me of, I think it was the meadow scene in Midnight Sun, where Edward describes just all of the like bugs that he's listening to and the birds going by. And I feel like she wrote this and really liked this concept and decided to maybe like build on that even more in Midnight Sun, which I, I enjoyed, you know, like a little exercise on how can I make my writing ca- and better, you know, I like that. Yeah, I like it too. I do not like that. You just reminded me that Edward was, like, counting the clicks of an insect but so he wouldn't murder Bella, but I guess you gotta do what you gotta do. Desperate times calling for desperate measures. Truly. Um, Bella keeps mentioning that she is distracted by how hot Edward is, and we we all have to pay the price for that <laughs> at the end of this chapter. But for now, I just want to point it out, because you do just get this overwhelming sense of, like, she can't really keep her attention on one thing for too long without really working at it because she has like, she says she has so much room in her brain that it's easily easy to get distracted. It's very reminiscent of um, like people who, how do I want to phrase this? Like when someone is deaf in one ear or like can't see in one eye the other side will get like really strong to compensate for it so like because her brain has gotten so much stronger and like is taking in so many new sensory things that she now has to like become even stronger to like suppress it to be able to pay attention to one thing at a time like the amount of mental fortitude that is needed is I can't even picture it in my head. I know. I really wonder how someone like me with OCD would fare as a vampire because I feel like it would be overwhelming. Steph, that's the next writing exercise. Give us mentally, well, I was going to say give us a mentally ill vampire, but I think she's already successfully done that. So give us, <laughs> give us an OCD vampire. I was going to say that. I was about to be like, um, do you think like mental illness is fixed with other illnesses when you become a vampire? But then I was like, no, because this is fucking Edward Cullen we're talking about. <laughs> Edward Cullen is literally the definition of emo boy. It's true. <laughs> okay, so Edward tells Bella to use her senses and kind of just follow her instincts to hunt. 
And I'm really sorry if you guys can hear Malcolm in the litter box in the back. I have tried to stop him. Um, and so she's doing that. She's hunting a deer that she smelled. And then that's when um, she happens upon the scent of a hiker, which I do got to agree with Edward. He's a fucking fool for this one. Like, you couldn't just you couldn't just do a little checky check. You literally can read minds. Come on, man. Yeah, I don't know if, like, maybe they're far away enough that he can't hear that person's mind, but but still. So, somehow, Bella manages, well, yeah, as we already discussed, Bella manages to pull herself back from hunting this random stranger because she senses that Edward's chasing her, so her vampire instincts make her stop, as Paige already explained, in self-preservation, and then... They have a conversation right then, and then that's when, not really, I mean, because Bella's trying not to breathe, but she basically is like, I gotta get out of here, and then she does, which is, according to Edward, impressive. Again, petty, but I skipped over on page 415, real quick. Where is it? Oh, okay, it's when she's scenting out the deer, and she says out loud to Edward, by the creek to the northeast, I asked, my eyes still shut. I'm like, Bella Swan? Did she suddenly gain the ability to tell directions? <laughs> like, what? Man, I hope when I get turned into a vampire, the knowledge that just gets implanted in my brain is, like, the best recipe for tiramisu. Like, if we're just getting random knowledge implanted in our brain, I hope I get something good. That's so specific. Have you ever had tiramisu? Yes, it's good. Does it not have gluten in it? I mean, long ago I tried it, but, like, no, uh, it does have gluten. I'm sure if there was a gluten-free bakery that made gluten-free tiramisu, it would be great. The one time I had it as a kid, I thought it was excellent. I don't even remember, like, what it is. I remember something goes on it called ladyfingers, but I also don't know what those are. It's like this, like, espresso, like, soaked cake espresso it, it's so good it's so good okay i'll take your word for it i feel like i have tried it too but clearly it didn't leave a mark okay so after that whole drama rama has passed they start hunting animals for real and i'm very kindly skipping over bella and edward lusting over each other because we again have to deal with it at the end of the chapter so Bella scents a mountain lion and she tracks it down and hunts it. And I actually had this note before we ever decided what our intro was going to be on. But I was just thinking, it doesn't say exactly what the mountain lion's prey is because the mountain lion is also hunting. But I just guessed squirrel. But I was like, that squirrel's having the best fucking day of his life. Because he, Bella says it was cowering. And then all of a sudden, he just sees this crazy thing jump out and kill the mountain lion that was hunting him. He's like, gang, gang, let's go. I am picturing how deranged Bella must look at that moment. Like, what that what that wildcat saw in its eyes, truly horrifying. <laughs> truly um, back to the squirrel, <laughs> I'm picturing him as that crazy, like, deranged squirrel from Ice Age. Scrat. Is that his name? I believe so, if I'm, if I'm correct, which I'm pretty sure I am. Justice for Scrat. 
That man caused the separation of Pangea. There's no, I don't feel bad for him. Didn't we need that, though? I mean, I don't know if we didn't not need it. You know, it's just tectonic plates moving and, you know. I don't know if it, like, I think humans probably would have come about regardless of if Pangea split or not. Okay, was the asteroid before or after that? before i think oh okay i was gonna say if the asteroid was after that could have been bad but i think it's before because there's dinosaurs like all over the place you know yeah you're right you're right although if they were all on the same land mass that's what i'm saying like they were all on the same land mass and then they died and then pangea split apart so all of their skeletons got mixed up. Yeah, we're we're arguing the same point, my bad. All I gotta say is justice for Scrat. <laughs> okay. So Edward Edward makes a comment about how it was really hard for him to watch Bella Hunt because like it's just hard for him to watch her in a vulnerable posi- vulnerable position, even though she's now stronger than him. And I also just wanted him to shut the fuck up on page 424 when he asks Bella if she wants to keep hunting and she says yes, but I don't think there's any other mountain lions are there. And then he says the stupid ass fucking comment, we could go back to the human that they avoided earlier. Whoever it was out there, if they were men, they probably wouldn't even mind death if you were the one delivering it. How about you let them decide that? Personally, I think that I would take offense regardless of the gender of who was brutally slaying me. Agreed. I'd be hella offended. And I don't mean slay the good way. I mean slay the bad way. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying. So they end up hunting some more deer, and that's the end of it. So Bella first says that she wants to see her child but then gets overtaken by an overwhelming wave of lust. Paige is making a face. What? What? You know I gotta say it. It's the end of the chapter. I am just dead that, like... I'm, I'm just picturing my own parents. Like, imagine... Imagine your mom is like, oh man, we have to go pick up whatever your name is. At soccer practice. And then your dad is like, I don't know if you're ready for that. And then your mom is like, actually, what if we had sex right now? And then they get into a passionate throw, but stop themselves. And they're like, "Mm, we have to go pick up so-and-so from soccer practice. So weird. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think that's kind of relatable. I think it's the fact that to reimagine your scenario. Imagine you've just popped out, or it's your, your name here, you've just been popped out as a baby. Your mom had to be on bed rest in the hospital away from you because of complications with the birth or whatever. She literally hasn't seen you since you came fresh out the vagina. And then she decides to have sex with your dad before she comes and literally meets you? <laughs> That's worse to me. 
you know, Bella has never been good at getting her priorities fucking straight. So, honestly, it's not that surprising. I know that's right. <laughs> Luckily, Paige summed it up well for us. They basically do what Bella and Edward always do, which is, like, edging. <laughs> but they, to my understanding, do not actually have sex, and they get up and go back. They're going to get up and go back at the end of the chapter to meet Renesmee. I also will just never understand how vampire boners work. I just my I just cannot understand it. You could probably look that up now. Or I can look it up and, and send it to you. When we were reading about Bella getting pregnant, I remember I looked something up. I don't know if it was specifically that. But basically, Stephanie Meyer was saying that the venom, the, like... Their reproductive parts have a a semen-like substance. So I guess that's how... But just because you have semen doesn't mean you can get hard. So yeah, I really don't understand. Here's what I'm picturing right now. Stephanie Myers goes to the grocery store. She has one thing she has to purchase. She goes to the... Uh, paper plates, napkins, that sort of thing aisle. She sees the bendy straws. Alas, they're on the top shelf. She's reaching fruitlessly for these straws, grasping at straws, if you will. <laughs> I did not see where that was going. That was funny. <laughs> also, it will never not be funny how you mispronounce her name every single time. Now it's purposeful. Now I'm doing it knowingly. Yeah, I know. You've been doing it knowingly for, like, three books now, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all I got, folks. It was kind of, like, a weirdly long but also weirdly short chapter. It was a good transition between our next two chapters that we're reading next week. Chapters 22 and 23, Promised and Memories. What are your predictions, Paige? Hmm. Promised, I feel like... We're going to go see Renesmee, and maybe maybe it's not going to go so well. Who knows? I, I Maybe it will go well. I don't know. I just think that Bella is going to maybe, like, think about just motherhood and what she in her mind thought was promised. And maybe maybe it's going to be positive, like, what she thought was promised is what she's experiencing. Maybe meeting Renesmee is going to go great. If it doesn't go great, maybe she's going to be kind of like sad about the fact that what she thought was promised isn't. Um, but I think at least in one of these two chapters, we're going to be seeing her first interaction with her literal baby. Just to cut in here, I'm curious what you say when you say not going to go well, like, what does that mean to you? Like what would happen? Well, I'm just picturing that, like, what if she can't handle being around the baby's blood or whatever, you know, like, like, they bring him into the room and she goes crazy and she can't handle it. And Edward is like, you're gonna have to wait at least a couple months before you see her. Like, that's what I picture in going bad. Okay, okay, continue. Um... But anyways, I, I think that in one of these chapters, we're going to see that first meeting and Bella's first impressions um, as a mom. We'll see. Um, but what's the second one called? Memories. 
memories. Okay, so perhaps perhaps we're going to have some blasts from the past and seeing Bella's reaction to meeting people that she loves and has treasured memories with now as a vampire, whether that be Jacob, whether that be maybe her mom or dad. And perhaps her realizing that some of her human memories are fading away. Who knows? Um, But I think we're going to see, I think we're, I think in these two chapters, we're going to get Bella meeting Renesmee and Jacob for the first time. Okay, cool. When you say, when you bring her mom or dad, how would that work? How would she make that work? Like virtual? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like calling them on the phone or something. Like maybe her dad's going to call and be like, how's Bella doing? Or something like that. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. All right. You already know the drill, people. Got to hit them with the socials. So you can find us on all of our social media channels to send us a DM, send us memes, send us your thoughts on the show. All of it's welcome. Um, so you can find us on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. We are on Twitter at Taft Pod, T-A-F-T Pod. Um, you can send us an email at Tuesdays are for Twilight at gmail.com. And then at the end of our reading of Breaking Dawn, we will be doing a watch party with all of our patrons slash donors. So to get in on that, um, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. You can do that for as little as $1 a month. Or we also encourage you to check out the Quileutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. All of that information and the place to donate is at mthg.org. Paige, what are you going to leave them with? Life is a cornucopia. Don't be afraid to reach out. Grab those squashes from the basket. Reach for the corn. Get some beans. The fruits of life are plentiful. Just reach your hand in the cornucopia and grab one. Very festive. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Beans, squash, and corn are the, I think there's a, a phrase for it, but it's like the three main crops of the Americas. Wow, that was cool because it was like a motivational speech and a fun fact. The standard is high now. I hope you know. I doubt that. It's been very low from the beginning. (laughs) We'll see if you can match that next week when we come back. Oh, you like that so good? When we come back to um, discuss Breaking Dawn chapters 22 and 23. Bye. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.